Today on Creation Talk, we'll be discussing the Incarnation, when God became man. Today, I'm joined by my good friend, Dr. Robert Carter. Hi, Rob. Hey, Lita. And we'll be discussing a big subject called the Incarnation. Rob, could you tell us what that means? The Incarnation is basically the idea that God, the creator of the universe, came down to earth in the form of a man named Jesus. Yeah, and that is a big topic, but it's actually really important to be able to explain this because who Jesus is, why he came, and what he accomplished really goes to the heart of what we believe as Christians. Yeah, and earlier when we were getting ready for this, and we're laughing so hard because every time we try to explain it, We've lapsed into an error, sometimes a heresy, and because we're trying to, to explain something that's really complicated that Christians have argued about for a long time. So, yeah, it's almost like God is bigger than us, and therefore explaining anything um, about God is too complicated for our tiny little pea brains. That might be true, but we got to try anyway. So let's see if we can tackle this idea of the Incarnation. You said earlier that being able to explain who God is, where he came from, and what he accomplished is a key part of sharing the gospel. And then you went right from there to creation. And it's like, oh, that's really genius. And you used the gospel of John as your platform. So explain to me again why John, who's trying to recount the story of, of God, the story of Jesus, what did he, how did he start off when he's trying to explain this incarnation thing? Well, he went back to creation itself, and he said, in the beginning was the Word. That sounds a lot like the beginning of the book of Genesis. This is, in the beginning, God. Correct. And every Jew reading John's gospel would have caught on that. Wow. So, all right. So, John just starts off saying, Jesus is God. Correct. Amazing. Okay. So, if Jesus is God, Jesus is not a creation. More than that, Jesus created everything that was created. That's right. John says that also. Yes. So, Jesus' little baby is also Jesus, the creator of the universe. Correct. Who's God. Yes. Okay, so this story is a lot bigger than most people think of when they think of the manger scene, a little baby, and there's Mary, and they're singing, Mary, did you know? And what's the answer to that? Yeah, she knew. And of course she knew. She knew that this is not just a baby. Yeah, read the Magnificat. Which Okay, what's the Magnificat? Mary's song of praise to God when she meets her cousin Elizabeth. That is one of the most amazing things in the Bible because of her depth of biblical knowledge. It is it's shocking. This woman knew her Old Testament really, really, really well. Of course, yes. it wasn't a New Testament yet, but she knew her Bible better than most people today know their Bibles. Yeah. Okay, where can people find the Magnificat? In Luke chapter 1. Well worth reading. Find it, read it. It's amazing. Okay, but we're talking about how John tried to describe this incarnation. He went back to the very beginning of everything. Jesus is God. Yes. Jesus is the creator. Yes. So this creator had to come to earth. Why? 
Well, you also need to know Genesis for that as well, because God created a perfect world. And when when he created Adam and Eve, they were perfect too. And they were in a perfect paradise. They had an uninhibited relationship with God. There was no division whatsoever. But God told Adam that there was a condition. He said, do not eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat it, you will surely die. And that's certainly what happened. He ate that fruit. Yes. And he certainly died. Yes. Okay. But it didn't just have a negative impact on him. It was catastrophic for all of creation and for all of us, because as Adam's descendants, we're all sinners too. So we all have a problem that we can't solve. Okay. In fact, the um, Romans chapter 8, it's very clear. It's multiple references to creation. Yes. And the entire universe is weighed down by the weight of Adam's sin. Yes. The universe is craving for redemption, restoration, to be fixed. And it all goes back to the book of Genesis. Yes. We also talked about something else um, a short time after this, something called the Proto-Evangelion. Proto-Evangelion. That's a big word for most people. What does that mean? It just means early gospel. It's the first promise that God is going to send a Savior. So in Genesis chapter 3, that's where God pronounces the judgment on Adam and Eve for their sin. They're going to die. Eve is going to experience pain in childbirth. But he tells Eve that she will have an offspring who will who will be at war with the offspring of the serpent and that he will crush the serpent's head. So God is predicting victory for Eve's offspring. Well, but Eve has had a lot of offspring. Why couldn't one of her other offspring have been this promised Messiah, Savior sort of thing? Well, because they're all sinners. Ah. They couldn't pay for their own sin, let alone somebody else's. So the holy God who demands death as a punishment for sin. Yes. Does not accept the death of an imperfect thing to pay that penalty. Correct. So we have God, the only perfect being had to step in if you want to save anybody at all. Yes. And he had to become the sacrifice. Yes. But the sacrifice also had to be a man. And that's why we have the incarnation. And... Okay. So because man sinned, man had to die. Correct. But wouldn't one death pay for one person's sin? Well, that's where it's important that Jesus was God and man because Jesus' redemptive work started long before the cross because he lived a whole life as a man being... Sinless. Sinless, yes. And he, he attained a human righteousness that he didn't need because he was God. He was righteous perfectly from all of creation. But we needed a human righteousness that could be credited to us. And so that's why Jesus um, emptied himself of his divine prerogatives. And it's important to note that this didn't mean he ceased being God. Empty himself, um, that's a thing that theologians have argued about for a long time. A lot of Christians stumble over it. Yes. Because it sounds like he stopped being God because he's empty of God. But okay, what does this mean? 
This means he humbled himself by voluntarily laying aside temporarily the independent expression of his divine attributes. So when he said that, you know, I can call legions of angels if I want to, and yet he didn't. Right. Or or he could have turned the stones to bread when, when Satan when, when tempted, Satan tempted him. him. He certainly could have. He's a creator of the universe. He could tear the whole earth to bread if he wanted to. He would never have to be hungry. But, but he didn't. And he didn't do that because he needed to live a perfectly righteous life submitted to the Father so that that righteousness could be credited to us. And once he had lived that perfect human life at the right time, Jesus was obedient even unto death on the cross. Because he didn't have to die on the cross. When they came to arrest him in the garden, it was clear. When he said, who do you seek? And they said, Jesus. And he says, I am. Everyone falls over. He could have fried him an instant if he wanted to. Correct. And he had never committed any sin that would have made him deserving of death. And so when he died that death in our place, the fact that he had never sinned meant that that death could be credited to us. It could pay for our sins. And because he's God, that sacrifice was enough for anybody who would ever call on his name. You know, I had someone asked me recently, you know, what's more important? The fact that this is God come to earth or that this is a sinless man? And my answer was, yes, yes, of course. They're both very important. They're both worked together to make this whole picture of something critically important for Christianity, but also amazing for humanity. All right, let's go back to the the story of Gabriel, the angel, and Mary. There's some really interesting things in there also. Yes. Unpack that for us a little bit. Well, in Luke chapter 1, we see the angel Gabriel comes and announces to Mary that she is going to be the mother of this unique child. Gabriel says that the Holy Spirit is going to overshadow her so that the child she bears will be the son of God. Okay, but also a descendant of Adam. Yes. Through Mary. Yes. Okay, in fact, a descendant of all the other important people in the Bible too, Abraham, Jacob, David. Yes. All the way down to Mary. Okay, that's very interesting. Um, so... We know birds and bees. We know how things work. How could Jesus not have had a father? Because God can perform any miracle he wants to. If God can create the entire universe, making a virgin miraculously pregnant is a piece of cake. Oh, so, so, okay. So that means that God is Jesus's father. Yes. Okay. So... This miracle of the incarnation, actually for me as a biologist, it's a double miracle because Mary had no Y chromosome. Yes. If there's some parthenogenic something else that might have, some fish can have, some female fish can have female babies without a a father, that does happen sometimes in the wild, but you can never have a male. Correct. But Mary gives birth to a male child. Of course, there's speculation about this, people whispering in the dark about, you know, know, hanky-panky and things like that, but Jesus... Mm -hmm clearly through the rest of his life proved to everyone who would watch that he is who he claimed to be. Correct. All the miracles, uh, feeding all those people, healing the lepers, raising the dead, and the biggest miracle of all, mm-hmm. himself coming back from the dead. Yes, the resurrection. The resurrection, which would be a whole nother 
uh, topic for, of discussion. Okay, so Jesus is fully God. Yes. And fully man. Yes. Not half God, fully yeah. God. Yeah, we're not talking about the demigods like the Greeks had Heracles and all of that. Okay. He's not half and half. He's fully God and fully man. And the the early Christian creeds clarify that there's no mixture or confusion between the two. So he's fully man and and he's fully God. Okay. So really this whole story of God coming to earth is not the important part of the story. The important part is the end of Jesus' life. Right. But this whole, the, the whole manger scene and the whole thing in, in Bethlehem and the angels and the shepherds, and it's a really, really cool story, but you're actually, it's not the beginning, it's the middle. We've got the creator of the universe, this whole plan of salvation comes down to earth to enact this plan, and the purpose of it is that he's going to die on a cross 30-something years later. Yes. Awesome. And so to understand the incarnation, we have to go back to Genesis and to understand the creation, the fall, and God's promise that the offspring of the woman would defeat the serpent. Rob, thank you for the discussion today. It's been fascinating. You're welcome. Let's come back and do another one. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs>